This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more podcasts at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint. It's more like a big ball of wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. It's uh, uh timey wimey thing. Timey what? Timey wimey? I've no idea where he picks that stuff up. Here we are once again. Timey wimey brunch podcast hour bonus episode. Myself, Ronnie. And Jay Loving's back with me. How are you doing this morning, Jay? Pretty good, other than my allergies, but I'm done. <laughs> well, uh, I had I thought we had so much fun doing it. A brunch time last weekend. We might make this a regular thing, if you're up for it. I am, yes. Because, you know, we're both Doctor Who crazies. Yeah, I mean, I can talk Doctor Who all day, every day. I think I've said that before. But... Well, this... I meant to ask you last episode, so we kind of, I went that direction, and then we just got off on tangents about other things, which, you know, it happens. It does, and it will happen again. Oh, yeah. So, how did you originally get into Doctor Who? Did you just, like, stumble onto it on TV, or? Pretty much. I was, it was actually, I was in college, because, best I know, I'm not, I'm not, don't have any expert knowledge on this. I think how Doctor Who, the classic series, was introduced to American audiences was through public television, TV stations. At least I know how that was down in the north and east Texas area. And I was in college. I think it was – because I was in school from 81 to 85. And I think it was in the early 80s or late 70s, early 80s when some of these public television stations started airing Doctor Who episodes. And they were doing – I think episodes that were two, three years past. Right. right. They weren't current. They weren't broadcasting currently like BBC America does today. Right, right. And it was one evening. I was done all. I had done everything I needed to do, all my schoolwork, and I went over to a friend's apartment, and there were about five guys <laughs> just lounging all over, the, you know, watching TV. And it was Doctor Who. It was, a, it was an episode, and I don't ask me what the episode was. I don't remember. <laughs> Um, but it was a Tom Baker. Okay, yeah. Because he was the well, late 70s or late, right up to the early 80s. That was his era. Right. And I was watching this. So I sat down and started watching it with him. And at first I thought, this is the stupidest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> because the, the special effects were cheesy as hell. Yeah. And because the BBC then, and I think even, well, I know the now. BBC had no budget at all. Right. And even today, I don't think they do have near the budgets that American companies like Fox and CBS and all all those things do. So they did the best they could with what they had, but it was really, you know, bad special effects. And yeah, like, uh, I remember doing a watch along with Austin, um, where there was a robot following them or whatever. And you could see the wood bit like coming from the floor where it's actually supposed to be like the, robot's hand 
that's a yeah. drill that's digging it through the floor. But you can actually tell that it was like a wood bit type <laughs> type thing. But you know, <laughs> they didn't have technology back then either, so kind of right. made it look whatever. But <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, this is a side note. You know, a lot of the episodes, especially early episodes with Patrick Troughton as the second Doctor, mm-hmm. are lost. You know, they're the, I call them the lost episodes. Right. And they're not lost in the fact that they're somewhere and we can't find them. It was because of their budget constraints, the BBC recorded everything on videotape and not film. Right. Because videotape can be reused. Right. And so that was their practice. You know, they would, you know, okay, we need a new videotape. Okay, we'll go to the library and pick something out. So a lot of those who Dr. Patrick Troughton episodes were just simply reused. And they don't have them, so... Yeah, but, and taped over, and... Yeah. I, I did see, I think it was early 2017, maybe late 2016, they, uh, BBC sent out a thing that some of the older Lost episodes had been found because they were in uh, a mismarked box. Yeah. And then um, they also put out, like, a bulletin for anybody that was alive and taping at that time to send in older episodes so they can have them again for their archives. I don't know how that worked or whatever, but... I don't either. I do know, and I can't think of the name of the episode now, they did release an animated... Yes, with the audio. It was Because the they found the audio, of, and it was like the first episode with Patrick Trout, and after he regenerated from William Hartnell's character. Yes. And they did that, and that was pretty well done, I thought. God, I can't think of the name of the episode. Yeah, I know they did a couple of newer ones too, but uh, so anyway, to get back to the question, uh, you know, at first I thought this is dumb as hell, right? But you know, I, I finished watching the episode with him, but I was kind of interested in this character that Baker was playing because he was sarcastic, witty, and you know, pretty funny. So I just started going over there and watching it with him, and it didn't take me long to kind of understand, to appreciate what it was, and. Now the the cheesiness like of those bad special effects that's part of it now I, that's yeah yeah you, you appreciate that for what it is it's like okay this is what they did but they still were doing pretty good stories right and especially like making do with what they had for the time <clears throat> yeah like it's like I was saying for that for that one wood bit episode um, it was really cheesy for Austin to see and easy for us to crack wise at it but yet. Back then, it could have been like state-of-the-art film filmography. Back then, right. I yeah, mean, I don't know if it was or not, but you know, I don't think it was. But I mean, still, you you have to put everything in context. Just like we talked about with comics, right? You know, you have to put the golden age comics in perspective as what they were when the technology and the printing and all. That. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so that's how I got involved, and it just started growing from that. You know, then. Into the 80s, uh, after and early 90s, they started showing more of these old episodes, and then they, the Tom Bakers, and then they started showing like uh, Peter Davison, and then some of the older John Pertwee. So I just started, you know, accumulating all this, and and of course it was all out of order. Oh yeah, but you didn't, you didn't care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. It's like it's Doctor Who. Yeah. Did um, start- do you? Because. We, as in like Austin and Shane and I, have like figure statue busts or 
replica sonic screwdrivers or stuff like that. Do you have anything like that? No. I'm not really a collector of that kind of stuff. Okay. I just never have been. I've got a couple of things comic book related, but you know, I've never been much of a for statue statuettes or figurines. Yeah. I'm not really much into that. Yeah, I was, well, I was just curious is all. Because, uh, you know, C2E2 is coming up, so I didn't know if there was anything like Doctor Who related that was on the hit list to look forward while we were there. Um, no, there isn't. But if I see something that appeals to me, who knows? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You know, but the question this leads into, talking about how I got interested in it, especially with the modern series, I'm really wondering, what is it? that appeals to so many people about Doctor Who, because it is a now a worldwide phenomenon. Right. I can't remember the number of people, but it was in the hundreds of millions <laughs> that watched the 50th anniversary show yeah. worldwide. And, that's, and they broadcast it simultaneously, so it wasn't delayed. They didn't show it in England and at different times. And because, especially like what appeals to American audiences, because it is a distinctly British show. Yeah, and they don't try to dumb it down. Or, well, that's not a, a good. They don't oh, try yeah, to well. make it. They don't try to make it culturally neutral. They, everything they do yes. references to British culture, British humor. I mean, it just it's decidedly a British show, but yet it appeals to so many people worldwide. And I'm wondering why is that? What about it? What is it about Doctor Who? That's that that has so many people craving well, sure over it's it. Different. Or just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why? What? What? What appeals to? Yeah, I don't... Everybody about it. Yeah. I mean, for me... Because I know... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, for me, it's just the the mystery, you know, the detective part of it, plus the, like, space odyssey, uh, mad scientist type style for me. But, you know, that's... You would think it would be only its, like, niche type genre thing, right? Yeah. Not not like, you know, I don't know, uh, something else that's niche, but... Like Harry Potter, for example, or whatever. Because there's some people that really, really love it, and then there's some people that really hate it. But, like, for Doctor Who, it's really, like, blown up, it seems like. And I don't know if it was... To me, it seemed more noticeable, and you can give me your opinion on this, too, was, like, Matt Smith era is when it really started to peak and blow up worldwide. Mm, Yeah, I think so. Maybe the... Right at the end of the tenant era, yeah, into Matt Smith, but yeah, certainly as it got closer to that 50th anniversary, because it just started snowballing, you know, r- yeah. really snowballing, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah, I know, I know it hasn't been that way. It, you're talking about back when I was first watching it in the 80s and 90s, it was very niche. It was a cult kind type thing. You know, there was a few people of us that loved Doctor Who. Others look at us like we were, you know. <laughs> Okay, man, what a nerd, you know, and so, you know, it hasn't always had that status, but it's certainly becoming that, and that just, it interests me, because it's, there's not many other shows that are like that, that go into that, where it's, you know, I mean, I've I've read things like Peter, I saw an interview with Peter Capaldi, where he was, uh, talked about when he first learned he was going to be the doctor, they were filming something, a miniseries, for British television, the Musketeers. And, yeah, the Musketeers. And he was in somewhere in Europe, in a pretty obscure part of the world. You know, and he found out about it, and uh, something 
and, but he couldn't tell anybody. But there was this kid who, who recognized him from the fires of Pompeii. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he goes, Dr. Who, and I love Dr. Who. And it, it, Capaldi was you know, kind of dumbfounded. It, it was funny because he's, he wanted to tell this kid <laughs> that he had been the doctor, but he couldn't. But he was dumbfounded, you know, that, that in this place in Europe. Yeah, in the middle of nowhere. That there was people that were, somebody who liked Doctor Who. And I, that's where he realized how global this is, has become. And it was really shocking to him. So. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's the thing is, like, there was times when, and I, wa- I wanted to say, like, the end of Tenet, beginning of Matt, because that was the first time, like, at San Diego Comic-Con, that they had to secretly make their appearances or, you know, like hide them like they were secret service to make the special panels or whatever for Russell T. Davis at the time and then later Mm -hmm. on Moffat or whatever to make this big, huge surprise guest appearance at a panel. And you're like, you know, that's like, I don't know. Ugh. Uh, maybe like Stephen Amell surprise showing up somewhere or, you know, something like that. But because that's when I started realizing that, wow, this is pretty huge, especially here now. Because, I mean, I assume because I've never been there and you know what they say about assuming, but I always assumed that it was pretty popular in England and across the pond. But yeah. But like here, you know, if you got a high tenant in like a limousine and then shuttle him in through like some employee entrance into a convention hall and then take the back stairs to a panel room, you know, that's a pretty that's pretty crazy. It is. <clears throat> and it, you know, it's it's a interesting contrast to what they did when uh Capaldi went to his first Comic-Con cuz they were, they had them sequestered in the hotel and they were like you know we, we you know can't get out because you'll be mobbed and also and Capaldi said, pretty much said screw it you know we're here to meet the fans and he left the hotel and just started walking down the street and he said you know at first there was nobody around but as he got closer to the convention center one or two people recognized him and he ended up walking out there and oh you know there was 50 million fans <laughs> not that many of course but and you know he ended up just talking to the fans and it was Really a great moment, and you know everybody was pretty respectful. You know, but, but hey, it was the doctor. Nobody else has done that that I know of. Matt Smith didn't do that. So I don't know if Tennant did. Of course, they didn't go to many. Yeah, they didn't make it many cons. The cons appearance, yeah. but you know that was really speaking, a nice moment for him. Speaking of, do you think the presence of cons has helped it be <clears throat> such a global phenomenon? Because you know, like I mean, even even comic books, say, or or comic movies or whatever. Because like back in the day, we didn't have these huge big conventions like San Diego Comic Con or C two E two or or whatnot. Do you think them being there and you know in that well, the nerd culture is a niche culture, anyways. But like being there out in the open has helped it also. <clears throat> Probably, especially in the United States, I can't say for other countries, right? Because I don't, I don't know what, I don't know, or I don't know what they have in the way of conventions like that in in Europe or yeah, I know England, Asia. I know England has like two huge ones a year, but uh, I don't recall what their names are. But 
And I only know that because uh, Matt Kent went there this year for one of them. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think it does help, especially San Diego. <clears throat> but everything I understand about the San Diego Comic Con is it is not much focused on print comics. It's yeah. this is where all the big you know pulp media type stuff, yeah, stuff and the all the television and movie people are there. So it really focuses on that type of thing. And I, so yeah, and I'm sure there's no doubt that that's helped. And the more I hear about San Diego Comic Con, the less I, I have, that have is to go. Yeah, I've never been, I, and if I don't ever go, I'll, <laughs> I won't miss it. Yeah, I'd much rather go to C2E2. I want to go to a Heroes convention. I haven't uh, been to that. Yeah, Aaron's been trying to drag me out to NYCC for the last two years, and I think that will be too overwhelming for me because, like, C2E2 is like my limit of of what's going on and everybody around, and yeah. And I don't know, I never, I'll never say never, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. It's not on my exactly on my bucket list either. Yeah, that's so, But Heroes is supposed to be a good one. And um, there's one in, what's one in Colorado? Dink? Isn't Dink, yeah. <clears throat> Dink sounds like it'd be interesting. Yeah. And I, even Emerald City Comic Con would sounds interesting too. But I have no desire to go to Seattle, though. Seattle's not bad. It's not a bad little town. Not well, a, bad, yeah, a little I mean, town. <laughs> yeah, it's not a little, bad little town. I don't know. You know. So there's WonderCon, but that's you have to yeah. be in Los Angeles. So. Yeah, yeah, that one's a no go, especially for me. I'll stay away from Los Angeles as much as I can. <laughs> not my favorite place. I've been there a few times. Yeah. And then of course you got the what? What's the one Martin's going to now? South Carolina. Comic-Con? That seems like the Kansas City Comic-Con for me, like the equivalent of, I would think. Yeah. yeah that wouldn't be a, a good one to go to. They had some, I'm trying to think of last year, there was something notable that went there. Oh, a pretty big name. Anyway. I don't remember. Way digressing over here. Yeah. But anyway. So, let's turn the TARDIS back around. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the animated episode that we were we couldn't think the name of is called the reign of terror right and they also apparently have another one called um the power of the daleks see that's what i thought was the one i think the power of the daleks was the one i'm talking about where it was the first episode of patrick troughton's yes that is correct and the reign of terror is um william hartnell still right that's like in during his, I, I think it's like the eighth episode of his first season or something like that. And so. the interesting thing about at least the power of the Daleks, I haven't seen the other one, is that they kept it in black and white animation, just like yeah. the show was still in black and white. Yep. Yep. They didn't they didn't go to color until Pertwee. Right. John Pertwee's. Yep. Run. So it was a it was a good episode. They well they well they did it well and. We're able to sync the animation and the old audio pretty well. Yeah, and that, and that's pretty cool to do it that way too. So it's not, I mean, you might not ever have the video back together, but at least you have the old audio and the visual there. Right. So okay. apparently they're out on DVDs too. I would imagine they would be. Yeah, because apparently there's a couple. There's like uh, the Abominable Snowman. 
and the Ice Warriors and Web of Fear and the Space Pirates are for Troughton. And then there's like four or five others for Hartnell. <clears throat> yeah, because Troughton, I know Trout, Matt Smith talked about when he was studying for the role, mm-hmm. he was heavily influenced by Troughton, his sort of yep. kind of buffoonish yes. at times character. Yeah. I think I don't think Troughton gets as much credit as he deserves on it a lot. He gets passed over, I think, some, most of the time. Yeah, I think you're right. I think and Pertwee too. Yeah, Pertwee doesn't get all, and I think he's one of the he is one of my favorite. Yes, of the doctors, and I love the what you know the way he portrayed the character. But yeah, I think you're right because and he had a difficult challenge because the show was pretty popular. Yeah. <clears throat> and to just come in and change from William Hartnell to this new character. Yeah. And they weren't even calling it regeneration at that time. No. You know, they hadn't right. really, you know, that hadn't coalesced the whole idea of the doctor regenerating. Yeah. Uh, well, and and that whole thing came up just because Hartnell got sick and couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. He just, you know, it was he like had a, arterial sclerosis. Yeah. So it was like an audible of, oh, well, let's write it into the story kind of like a shoot, you know? And then that way, in case something happens with another actor, it can go on without the same main character. Yeah. With the same main moniker, but different actor. So that little thing, I think, was revolutionary also. The yeah. regen part of it. It was. It was extremely clever because it gave them a way of getting a new actor. Because you saw that a lot in some of the shows of the 70s. Uh, they would just simply change actors without any context you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so you'd be watching one episode with one actor and then the next episode same character different actor right? you're supposed to just, <laughs> like okay yeah but at least they showed some sort of way of transitioning but, and they've only retconned that like <laughs> once i think because at first didn't they have a num the limit number of regions that the doctor could do yeah he could regenerate 12 times right. so 13 characters yeah and now we're going on 14 <sighs> Yeah, well, but you remember you remember in the that was it the time of the no yeah the last episode of Matt Smith where he's aging and he's talking to Clara and he you know, says I've I've done I've done to my this is yeah. it I've done my twelve regenerations right yeah but then the Time Lords that crack <laughs> that open opens up that and, and they gave him a new regeneration cycle yeah right so he's got twelve more now so that was a town called Christmas. Yeah, the one that you're. Yeah, so, well, that's what I'm saying. It's like they regened it or retconned it, you know, so right. that way they could keep going, which they had to. And just like with uh, Missy and the Master, they had to. They had to do that too. Yeah, and it's they've taken more liberties with the Master than they've done because how, how many times has he been destroyed totally? Right. You know, he's completely killed. He's gone forever. But no, he keeps coming back. Um, you know, because he had, he, I forgot what the name of the what? Tenet episode. It was one, it was a two-part episode with David Tennant where the master was, and he gets shot at the end. Yes. Because he was the prime minister, British prime minister. Yeah, and he, refu- he refuses to regenerate and dies. Mm-hmm. So he's supposed to be, you know, that's it. He's done. Well, then we don't see him for a couple of years, but then he shows up in Missy. So. Right. <laughs> they take a little bit of liberties there that without really, and they never really explained how he's, how he survived. Got, yeah, right. How they uh, were able to do his region cycles either. 
Right. But I mean, so would you say that the master is like the main arch nemesis to the doctor or would you give the, <laughs> or would you give the Daleks that one? Gosh. Because I always it, thought it, like back in the day, I always thought it was the rainy, right? Yeah. But we haven't even seen her in the new stuff. No, uh, there's been some speculations on Lorraine for the next run with Jodie Whittaker. Jo- uh-huh. Because I don't think we'll see, I don't think we'll see the Master or Missy come back at least for a while. I, I really don't. I think it'll be or at least the first season. Right. I don't see them maybe later on. But I don't know. It's it's, it's an interesting question because you're like, okay, which Master? Yes. Um, especially in the classic series and with the David Tennant run, the master was his nemesis. Right. His, that's whether it's his main nemesis. It's, it's hard to say because they had this relationship, mm-hmm. you know, they were, they were childhood friends, good childhood friends that, you know, of course they separated because the master went one way and doctor went the other. So you've got that, you know, they're enemies, but there's this tie in the friendship as well. So they're frenemies, frenemies. Well, you know that episode with Tennant where the where the master got shot and he's refusing and the refusing to regenerate and Tennant is just begging him tears in his eyes kind of thing. It's like we're the last two, you know. That's we're the only time works left. You gotta, you know. And he was genuinely distraught that <laughs> you know the master was not going to regenerate. Right. And then they showed him, you know, he put him on a big funeral pyre. Yeah. So, and then even more so with Missy, we started saying. You know, them trying to re, re, reestablish this friendship. Mm-hmm. So it's a really complicated thing, which I think is really interesting. I mean, that's what makes it interesting and doesn't get old. So um, that was called the end of time. That was the yeah. two-parter with uh, what's his name, Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton Lord, as, as Rassilon. Yeah. 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 That was the final two episodes of Tenant Era. Yeah. So you know, I don't know. I, I can't give you an answer to that question. He's the main nemesis of the Doctor. The yeah. Doctor has so many. Yeah, he's pissed, he's pissed a lot of people off. Huh? <laughs> he's thwarted so many plans. Yep. I don't know. It's like uh, I would have to. I'd have to give it to like the Master or the Daleks or the Cybermen. I would say. Well, one of those three, yes, definitely. Because the, I mean, they, know, they're all three thorns in his side. Every season, it seems like, or maybe not every season, but at least one of the three is. Yeah, and it doesn't take, and they end up going back because I think I've read some interviews with Russell T. Davis and even Moffat, where they had said they were not planning on having the Daleks in a, a particular season, but they just, and then they just, they can't. <laughs> yeah, they can't. End up doing it. It's like yeah. we've got to have, you know, this is. Well, they can't for copyright purposes too. Okay. Like, it was an all-or-nothing type thing, um, um, kind of like with DC and Lobo. Like, they have to, every two years at least, they have to put out something to keep the rights to them. So, like, um, with their contract, like when Russell T. Davis was starting it again, yeah, it, it was a debate on whether they were going to have the Daleks or not, period. And then um, he wanted them, and then I think the main whoever like the president of doctor who was like, well, we'll have to get copyrights. And then that almost didn't work out. But then in their thing is the Daleks have to show up every season, whether it's a small type role or not. 
but there has to be uh, a Dalek in in one episode every season to keep the copyright infringement type thing going or something. Interesting. I did not know that. Because yeah, like, because uh, in that one season, they only have the Dalek in like in the museum that's all rusted, and that's all you see it. it you just see it there. It doesn't interact or anything. Right. Because the rest of the season, there's no Dalek episode at all. <clears throat> Which, to me, kind of hurts the Dalek character anyways. Because after a while, it, it seems like it gets watered down. Kind of like with Joker and Batman, right? Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to see him over and over and over again. No. Yeah, that's that has potential of doing that. Because um, like, or like the first season of Doctor Who, the, Into the Dalek... Which I right. thought was a really interesting episode, and we that we'd never seen before. But then you know, oh, that character, that Dalek, Rusty, we don't see him again until Capaldi's final episode. You know, he go three seasons with it, and you at the end of that episode, you got the impression that this would be you haven't seen the last of this character. Uh, but then they don't they did other Dalek stuff, but uh, they you know we don't see this character again for. Three years, right? right. And then, then he has this brief cameo. It really, um, yeah. And it, it that didn't really. That was the one thing it didn't seem to fit very well into that. <laughs> into the yeah. Into the. I totally agree with that. What's a what's a older villain that you would like to see come back? That would make an interesting dynamic. Well, we kind of saw uh, in one of the main villains. More so than the Daleks during the Pertwee era, they used certain was the Silurians. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And that's a. Uh, let's see. Now, okay, for you, being an old school Doctor Who fan, right? Mm-hmm. Did you like the Madame Bastra, Jenny Strax thing? Oh yeah, I thought they were good, great characters. So, like, if they did a spin-off of that, would you? I would watch that. Okay. I would at least give it a shot. Yeah. Because Strax is damn funny. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he yeah. just... That's whole... like when... Go ahead. It was like in, the, in Capaldi's first episode, or, you know, the dinosaur spits him out. Deep Breath was the name of it. Yeah. First he's the doctor. And he walks up to the TARDIS and knocks on the door, and he goes, exit the box and surrender to the glory of the Suntaran Empire. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and he's always wanting to, to do this heavy military tactics. You know, like, like they're going to go up and, like, Madame Vesper wants him to go talk to somebody and he starts l- listing all these grenades and all these other yes. weapons it needs to take. And she's like, that's, that's a bit over overkill. All their strikes. So. Yeah. And I know. And, it, and, and the way he can't distinguish gender. Yes. <laughs> He's yes. always called Clara was a was young a lad. Boy. Yeah. boy. It's, it's just, it's damn funny. Damn funny. Get out of the window, boy. Yeah. So, yeah, I was just curious cause I know there's been a couple of spinoff or attempted spinoffs of Doctor Who and right. uh, like Torchwood and Class and then of course you had the Sarah Jane Chronicles yeah I watched some of Torchwood I liked it I didn't stay with it to the end I haven't tried Class yet I don't think that would be your cup of tea okay probably not it's more teenage driven type of thing uh, um, you know to get the younger viewer type stuff in there that's just my take on it i might be totally off kilter but and capulti shows up in the first episode i think but then after that it's kind of like there's no continuity to 
Doctor Who, and I think that's where it like fell short at. Yeah, I know Matt Smith made an appearance in the Sarah Jane yeah. Adventures in one episode. I did. I watch, saw. I did watch okay. a couple of those, and I liked them, but it was never. I I can never remember what time or what day it was on, so I just caught it when I could catch it, type of thing. I watched a couple episodes. I watched the one with Matt Smith, and the thing I remember most is when he when he finally made his appearance, and Sarah Jane recognized the doctor. He'd regenerated, of course. It's the last time she's seen it. And she looked at him and just kind of in a exasperated tone. She goes, oh, you've done it again. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And then she died here to the actress died here a couple of years ago, I think. Yep, she sure did. So, yeah, within the last, I know within the last five or six years, we've had several. Sir Jane <clears throat> died, the uh, Brigadier. Yes. <coughs> Nicholas Courtney died. Yeah. Uh, Mary Mary Tam died, the um, first Romana. Yep, yep. I, I love those characters. I love those episodes with her and Tom Baker. Yeah. So, I don't know, other than the Solarians. Uh, yeah, I was just curious. Uh, I mean, it's not like no, I know. stone type thing. <coughs> I, I do want to see Jody's reaction with characters that we've already seen in the, the newer episodes, too. Yeah. Uh, just, I don't know. Just to play, because I think it'd be, like, not for comedic purposes, but, like, I think that... The Jenny Strax and Vastra combo thing would be funny and good. Another one I think would be damn funny would be uh, Harkness, Jack Harkness. Yes, Captain Jack. Because especially with his character that is, uh, you know, from from his sexual appetites, he makes no yeah distinction between gender. Yeah. So I would love to see him, how he would react to the female doctor. I think yeah. it would be, there are a lot of comedic possibilities there and so that would be yeah yeah that, that, and then those were the two that i was thinking about yeah well then the real interesting one would be river song oh yeah because yeah that's their spouses yeah we're married since the matt smith era so yeah <laughs> and you know rivers like journal doesn't stop with capaldi right so, so i don't know we'll see because they didn't use river but once during the capaldi era Right, right. And one of the Christmas specials. Yeah, yeah. That's because she's so busy doing other stuff. Right. I'm really, I'm really, the more, more I think about it, the more I'm looking forward to seeing what Whitaker does with this role. Yeah, yeah. And you were talking about, do, do conventions and such like that bring people to Doctor Who? I think you're going, you are going to get a lot more people starting to watch this now with Whitaker because there's been so much press so much hype and stuff about a female doctor I think you're going to get a new audience yeah I think all the um, old crotchety people that jump off because she is female you'll get that audience back and new audiences yeah I so, agree so I'm not sure if it'll incre- I'm sure it probably will increase but at the very worst it'll stalemate itself well, it'll be interesting to see how it goes over time. It, certainly, initially, the first few episodes, you're going to see a, a yeah. lot of people. So you're gonna have, a, I think you're going to have a pretty good yeah. amount of viewers and ratings. How that goes by the end of the first season, we'll be curious to see. Yeah, I agree. And it's going to all depend on, on how well the stories are written. And so, because we're going to have a whole new, a whole new group. Yeah, we have a Chibnall, whole. Yep. 
and I think he's bringing in all new riders. I know that I think Mark Gaddis doesn't have any plans to work yep. on the new, so he's you know says he's gone from that. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be interesting. I think it will work. I think they'll do well, but it, but you never know with a new group. Yeah, and this is the third new like total new group that we've seen. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's not qu- quite because Moffat was associated with a show during Davies Davis. Well, yeah, writing, period writing. So I, this is the there's never been such a complete overhaul. Overhaul, I think. Yeah, the new era since that we're that we're seeing now. Although you can, you know, <laughs> Chibnall did write a couple of episodes, so yeah, I can't, you can't say that it's a total. Yeah. Totally new, so I can't think of the names of the episodes. There's one more animated uh, old show, and it was a, a Tom Baker. It just came out. Really? It's a Shada. Okay. Um, it was a episode that started filming in '79 with Baker, and they never finished it. It's got uh, the second Romana, Lala Ward. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I see the trailer for it here. Yeah. Maybe I could put that. I think it just came out, or is about to come out. I know they're working at the end of the last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it says that it'll be out on December 4th on DVD and Blu-ray of this year. Is that worldwide or the UK? Uh, it just says it'll be on all platforms. Okay. okay. So I'm assuming, I'm assuming that it'll be already out. Or yeah. So this Christmas season... So that would be good. You could do one of your simultaneous watching yeah. episodes. Yeah, that'll be cool. <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, because and the watch-alongs are. I don't know if they're fun for the listeners because we haven't had too much feedback that per se, but they're fun for us to do, and hopefully that plays out. You know, I think it depends on how much you're into the show. I I find it interesting, but I know. I think if you're somebody who's marginal Doctor Who fan and you don't know what the episode is yeah. and you're not watching it along with them, yeah, it might get a little overwhelming. But uh, yeah. well, yeah, and that, it's a podcast, so that's why we kind of left it in there. If you wanted to watch along, if you didn't want to watch along, you know, whatever. Right. Actually, the new episode that drops Wednesday morning will be a watch along with all three of us, and we watch Vincent and the Doctor. Good episode. Maybe the best one of, of Matt Smith's era. Yeah. 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 Besides the fiftieth. Besides the fiftieth, yeah. Yeah. So that was just, yeah, that was one of the best. One of the best. Yeah. Well that's about all I had really. That's cool. We can wrap it up. Okay. Um if you want to tweet at me, I am at Ronbar three sixteen. Austin is at I'm Shadowman three one six six. Shane's at Shaney Who. Jay is at Jay Forgets, right? Yes, correct. Do you forget? I do sometimes. <laughs> and the funny thing is, uh, you know, I broadcast. I do best of the rest with Dennis. Yes. And uh, <laughs> he can never remember my Twitter handle, <laughs> so it's like I should change it to Dennis Forgets. Because... <laughs> yes. And you are on best of the rest with Dennis, who is on the Nerdy Legion as well. And you guys have awesome shows. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we learned this morning that Dennis doesn't do buffets. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> for, for some reason, I don't know. I don't know either. Pinkies up, buddy. Pinkies up. 
All right, and the show is at Timey Wimey Hour, and we are out. Okay, you used to be me. You've done all this before. What happens next? I don't remember. How can you forget this? Hey, hang on, it's not my fault. You're obviously not playing enough attention. Reverse the polarity. Why are you pointing your screwdrivers like that? They're scientific instruments, not water pistols. I demand to be incarcerated in the tower immediately with my co-conspirators, Sanshu's and Grandad. Grandad? They're not Sanshu. That wasn't terrible. That was pathetic. Boom. Nerdy Legion. Nerdylegion.com.